0: Hey everyone, this is Mike Flanagan, and on this episode of the Inside Bowling Show, we are pleased to welcome Chuck Gardner to the program. Chuck is known for his work in bowling, and he's also quite the race car driver, and we'll get into it on today's episode. This show is broadcast live on Facebook and YouTube, and you should head over to those accounts by searching Inside Bowling to watch the program, and check our schedule for future episodes. If you're enjoying our show, do us a favor, subscribe to our podcast, and leave us a review. If you really like what we're doing here, you can go over and support the show at InsideBulling.com and save 15% off site-wide with coupon code IBSHOW. Elements from today's show were intended for both video and audio. We apologize if at some point in the show you can't follow along. This is just a great reminder that all of our shows are archived on our YouTube channel. We're cruising right along with episode number seven. I hope you enjoy Chuck Gardner. What's up, everybody? Let's turn that mic on. How about that? As I just told Matt, he needs to make sure he unmuted his mic. But it's Tuesday here in the bowling world. And uh, I'm Mike, and Matt's with me again today for episode, I believe it's 7. We were on all last week. Uh, We had Randy Peterson on yesterday, which was a great show. And now we're back today. Matt's got his internet working well today, which is great. And uh, we've got a guest today, just like last Thursday. We had Dave Watka. He promoted the living crap out of the show and today we're going to be joined uh, by Chuck Gardner. We'll get to him in just a few minutes. Matt, how are you doing today? Uh, everything's looking good on your end today.
1: Yes, I uh, I will take full responsibility for, I think, the Facebook stream not working yesterday. So uh, we we rerouted all of the internet in my house. We changed everything up and it's much stronger now. So we probably shouldn't have any, fingers crossed, shouldn't have any problems uh, moving forward here. I'm just excited to sit down, speak with Chuck, learn some, learn some new things about Chuck and have a good time.
0: Yeah, it's uh, just after one Eastern, eleven o'clock where I'm at. Uh, we're supposed to see seventy degree weather here today in Utah, so probably going to go out for a little bit of a run or a scooter ride or something. As oh, I've got one run? Of these, a little bit, but I got a motorized scooter that oh, uh, that's right. that will probably trump what I'm actually going to do today. Um, that's why I'm uh, not in the best shape that I, I wish I could be in. But hey, folks, if you want to get involved in the program, make sure that uh, you're as you're watching on Facebook Live and on YouTube. You can just follow along with us, ask your questions throughout. Uh, We'll get to as many as we can, but we do have a a plethora of of questions for for Chuck Gardner. We're going to really dive into uh, all things Chuck today. We're going to talk about Bowl for Life with him. We're going to talk about uh, his background in bowling as well as uh, just how many years he spent out there. And we're going to talk to him a little bit about his racing career. Uh, but, Matt, also people can get involved with the program. If they want to help support the show, they can head over to InsideBowling.com and they can use the coupon code IBSHOW to save 15% off. If you see something you like, it does help support us. Uh, we hope everybody that's uh, out there dealing with uh, repercussions of what we're dealing with in the world with uh, coronavirus right now, hopefully uh, things are looking up. I did see, Matt, uh, to talk some world news here, that a couple of states are going to begin reopening, I believe, as early as Friday of this week. And I actually saw there's a new forum Uh, on facebook that lucas wiseman started over at flow bowling and we both joined that we're actually promoting the show on there so make sure you go check out that forum on facebook but he mentioned that some bowling centers have the opportunity to open back up in georgia Uh, i believe maybe it's either friday or monday what do you think about that matt
1: i think that's great i think it's exciting i think uh you know as long as people are um you know following the proper precautions and making sure that everybody is still staying safe and staying healthy. It's a, gr- it's great. It's great news for people to be able to get out of the house. I just think, uh, you know, again, it's really important that everybody uh, respects the rules and uh, you know, and takes the proper precautions from still maintaining social distancing from others. Um, and, you know, take, take that opportunity wisely to make sure you can get out of the house, but also be safe at the same time
0: yeah i I really don't know what to think of it at this point it still feels too early to me just because i'm just like so scared right now with uh, how long this has been but uh it's definitely going to be something we want to keep an eye on as we move forward we know a lot of proprietors out there a lot of pro shops uh need to reopen soon to be able to um to be able to to to, to just be alive so um looking forward to seeing seeing what what uh, happens over the next few months hopefully we're getting over the hump and uh hopefully all these other internet shows go away and, and we, and we study the course and we dominate the space on. Yes.
1: Yes. that's I, the, <laughs> When they all got to start bowling events and running a bowling center and do, you know, producing bowling balls. Inside Bowling, we're we're just chilling here. We're here for the long we, haul, folks.
0: We won't have any guests because they'll all be too busy for us. So it'll just be us every day. We'll just we'll just critique the jobs they're all doing. Maybe yes,
1: exactly. We'll sit here on our little perch known as Streamyard, and uh, we'll just critique everything else that's going on.
0: Yeah, we've got another guy standing by, sitting on a perch. He's uh, lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. He's known as a few different nicknames out there: Chuck on the truck, uh, Chuck Gardner. He's just about somebody that. Uh, that you really can't find too many bad things about i spent a lot of time last night trying to find some dirt on this guy and i even uh spent all night calling people on the phone and nobody had anything bad to say about this guy so with no further ado let's bring in our friend chuck gardner chuck uh welcome to the program today uh, from <laughs> beautiful uh charlotte north carolina welcome brother
2: thanks man thanks for having me on
0: and uh we didn't know you were going to bring a celebrity on with you otherwise yeah yeah another- For introduction do you want to introduce your celebrity
2: well, this is uh the two thousand nineteen Queen's champion Dasha Kovalova. So really happy to have Dasha here with me.
1: This is where yeah. we can use that soundboard and yeah. like Simon's like new 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 or some applause or whatever.
2: Every day it gets brought up. I don't and think she'll say a lot, but she's you know
0: Well, she's soft spoken anyway, right?
2: She is. She is very soft-spoken.
0: Behind behind the scenes, she, she can talk a little bit. But uh, Chuck, welcome to the program, man. Thanks for supporting our show. We know you've been watching it. Uh, could you give us your online critique of how our show is going thus far? And you can be as critical as you like, buddy, because I've got a notepad right here and uh, Post-it notes, and I'm ready to take some notes on how to get better. Well, what do you got for us? How how can we do a better job?
2: Well, I, I think the number one thing is uh, Matt's got to do a better job spelling people's name.
1: Uh, you so, know what? Uh, you know what? Do we have to go there? Do we have to go there? We, we, we're, we're eight and a half minutes in here, and you already have to throw me down to the bus.
2: Um, I, I would say that the the only critique I would have would be, Mike, your uh, your hair, your okay. your hair, your hair is a little crazy, man. I think you should uh, take a little work on that. But you, listen, I, I've really enjoyed the show. I, I've I've been on. Um, I've, I've had a great time listening to it and I love the things that you guys do. You guys do such a great job, uh, in general on social media, a wonderful job for the, for the brands, uh, the the four brands that were EBI that are now part of Brunswick. You guys do a great job with that. Um, I'm just, I I think you guys do a fantastic job and, and, uh, Matt has a lot of personality. And I think his personality showing through, so I'm I'm really like it.
0: Yeah, I'm grooming him to take over the entire company. Um, so it just it just won't. Well, it'll be a matter of time here, probably about it's ten a
1: marathon time
0: you'll be of emailing matt about that but uh, <laughs> uh chuck we're, we're we're just uh absolutely excited to have you here on the program we, we want to talk about a plethora of of different things matt's got some some tougher questions for you a little bit later too it'll make you think a little bit maybe get a little emotional about some things okay. but I, think, I think the first thing that i wanted to get into here today is uh, a moment that i that i just recently watched my most recent moment of you <laughs> Uh, that was a big time moment. And that was the PBA award ceremony, uh, just not, not too long ago here where you received the Tony Reyes, uh, award community service award, I believe is, is what it was called for all you've done with Bull for life. And you were getting emotional up there, uh, when you were accepting that speech, can you talk a little bit about what that award meant to you?
2: Well, I mean, it, it, it meant a, it meant the world to me, um, to be recognized um, by my peers, uh, by the PBA, um, for the work that my family and I have put in, and um, for to get an award named after my great friend Tony Reyes was uh, that was huge. Um, Tony and I are uh, were wonderful friends, um, so you know just just getting the award was uh, was a huge deal for me. Um, and it, I just think it was cool for the Bowl for Life kids, too, that to know that people are recognizing uh, their contributions to bowling through their, um, their essays and all the things that they do um, to try and win the uh, scholarships. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just neat. It's really, it's really a, a gratifying thing to know that uh, your hard work and trying to do what's best for bowling. And, and not trying to make it about anything except for doing what's best for bowling um, still got recognized. You know, it didn't, it didn't take any uh, chest beating or any, you know, oh, my God, um, I'm so amazing. or It didn't take any of that stuff. It just took, you know, some hard work and belief and commitment to doing the right thing. And it got recognized. And uh, it, it's really awesome.
0: Yeah, Bowl for Life started in 2013, according to your website. There's a lot of different ways people can get involved with that. You can just go make a personal donation. You can also get in the silver, the gold, I believe it's the platinum tiers. And I want to announce right now here on this show, as I saw that I had to email Deborah Gardner to get involved with being a, a sponsor of the program. Uh, but I don't want to spend much time on this because that's not what it's about. But uh, we, we are, as Inside Bowling, going to become a silver-level sponsorship. 250 bucks is how you can do that. We're gonna do it right after the show uh, with you guys, and make sure that we get that donation sent over. We'll do it every year. Uh, times are a little tough right now. We'd like to do a little bit more, uh, but we do want to get involved uh, with Bowl for Life, and and uh, apologize we didn't do it sooner because we should have been doing it for a while. So uh, we're we're excited to do that.
2: Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, yeah, every every bit helps. Um, our our sponsors are so so important to to us succeeding uh, with our goals. And, you know, we started out setting some pretty modest goals and, um, you know, our first year, I don't even know what we gave away our first year, but uh, two years ago, uh, our goal was 25000 and we gave away around thirty or so. Last year, our goal was 50000 and we got to 67000 I think, last year. And this year, our goal is $100,000 and uh, we're on our way. And uh, I think... What's fun is that we've we've already given uh, had two monthly giveaways since the pandemic started, and tried to brighten some people's uh, days uh, by going live and and uh, giving out these uh, scholarships. Um, we've given out ten thousand dollars in the last uh, forty days or so, you know, five thousand a month since January. So, so we're really trying to focus on staying on course. And, uh, obviously we can't do it without our sponsors. And so thank you guys so much for, uh, for becoming a part of it.
0: Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I see Matt over there, uh, getting pretty excited about this. I know that's a, it's a big, big thing for you, Matt, uh, since you help a lot of youth bowlers and uh, collegiate programs, your thoughts on, on bowl for life and what Chuck and, and his group has been able to do so far.
1: I think it's incredible. You know, I think that um, a lot of kids out there want to go and they want to bowl collegially. You know, a lot of kids want to have that experience where they want to get out there not only just bowl collegially, they want to be able to um, receive an education. They want to be able to kind of have, um, you know, the ideal college experience that any youth bowler would want to have. And it's no secret that college is expensive nowadays. It's no secret um, that, you know, there aren't, a there are opportunities out there without question to earn scholarship money as a youth bowler however i don't think there'll ever be enough right i don't think there's ever going to be enough opportunities for kids to go out there and to earn scholarship money and i think knowing you know my history and my background i would have loved to been able to you know to learn more about bowl for life or to have something like bowl for life when i was getting ready to go to college to possibly receive some scholarships because it makes a big difference for kids and like chuck said it's about it's about more than just the bowling itself It's about rewarding kids for their hard work in the classroom, in the community, as well as on the lanes. And that's something that's really important to me. And I know that's obviously important to Chuck. It's important to you, Mike. And I think that it's incredible that um, that there is some sort of platform, some sort of organization that people can turn to in order to receive and to be recognized uh, for their hard work. Yeah,
0: I think you said it well there. And uh, one other thing that I think that we should say, about bowl for life is, I, I like I like how the entire industry has gotten behind this. There's a lot of times, uh, especially with ball manufacturers, where it's it's a it's a competition. They really are the true sports teams in bowling, and you don't see the Pittsburgh Steelers giving the playbook to the New England Patriots per per se. Uh, but in this particular case, you've you've been branded Brunswick for a multitude of years, and you have other bowling ball companies that are coming on board. As a matter of fact, you shared with us yesterday on our show prep that you're going to be on Storm's program uh, in the near future. So it's it's very very cool how you've been able to carve out this little space that transcends uh, all the brands together, and you've been able to bring everybody together for the good of helping kids be able to go to college through bowling scholarships. Good on you, Chuck. Thanks.
2: It, it was it was a focus when we started. Uh, the first t-shirt we ever made, uh, we made a t-shirt. And and the focus uh, was to break down barriers, and the back of the T-shirt showed uh, like a wall of rocks getting broken down, and it's a, you know breaking down barriers, and 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 we wanted to do that. We wanted to break down the barriers of branding and things like that, and uh, I'm I'm really proud that Brunswick has been supportive of of Storm being involved, and 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 you know. The all the Jersey companies have been involved, uh, really supportive of other Jersey companies being involved. And just so we've really worked together as a group and and knowing that it's really just for the good of the kids. And it's not about, you know, Storm or, or Brunswick or it's it's about the kids.
0: Yeah. And I want to give a shout out to those companies as well. We've had some guests lined up for this week and we, we've been very, very involved with the uh, ebonite International and now the brands of Brunswick, the seven brands, and for the ability to have Randy Peterson on yesterday. We're gonna have Carolyn Doren Ballard on, on on Friday, Stu Williams and Chris Barnes. We're trying to do the same thing here. So a shout awesome. out to any of those other companies who are watching. Thank you for allowing your folks to come on. And we're gonna reach out to some motive folks as well, EJ and, and, and probably Brett Spengler. So oh, awesome. So we'll have some more guests on. But but moving right along here, Chuck, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, it's always about kind of Chuck on the truck, this tour rep guy uh, the bowl for life guy, but there's a lot more to you and your life that that's happened. And there's some interesting things here that, that I want to ask you that I've never really had the opportunity to, and hopefully everyone enjoys a few of these questions I have for you. The oh first boy. <laughs> is, is, is you were a competitive bowler. I mean, you were, you were a scratch bowler. When did you start yeah. bowling? And, and tell us a, a little bit about your, your bowling career leading up to, to getting a job in the industry.
2: Um, Yeah, I, I was a decent bowler. I, I, you know, have, I don't know, a a whole bunch of 300s, 800s. Um, I I bowled regionals. I was very competitive. I I made the national resident pro team uh, back many years ago. Um, I bowled on tour off and on, um, made some finals, uh, never made any shows. Um, But I was, I was an okay bowler. I, I wasn't uh, wasn't a great bowler. I started bowling when I was a young kid and and grew up bowling with uh all the South Florida guys, you know, with uh Dell Warren and Joe Furpo and Jimmy Keith and Ron Dixon and uh and the and the, even the further south guys, um, you know, uh, Rob Camito and Storm DeVincent and all those guys. So, um, I grew up in that environment down in South Florida and uh I was a decent player. Um, I I I, I wasn't great. Uh, I bowled on tour for a few years and then, uh, you know, uh, in 2002, um, I bowled, uh, a good part of the season and, uh, about halfway through the season and, uh, I, I got an opportunity from, uh, Columbia. Uh, I worked, I was on staff with track, uh, on tour and I got an opportunity from, uh, Del Warren and, and the folks at Columbia, um, to become the tour rep, um, asked me if I wanted to uh, share my, uh, what I've learned over the years. I owned, a, I owned a pro shop. I was part of a chain of pro shops at one point. And uh, so I, I got an opportunity to, in, in my view, um, mentor young people. That's kind of how I looked at it. And uh, you know, in 2002, and that's what I've done pretty much since.
0: Yeah. So, so was it, was it difficult for you to transition from giving up on your bowling career dreams? Cause obviously you wanted to win a national title. Otherwise you wouldn't keep, keep pursuing it right at a higher degree level. Like, was that tough for you to do or was it a natural fit for you?
2: It was, it really felt right. Um, I, I'm not sure how come it felt so right because I was still fairly competitive. Actually, the week, the week that uh, Dell talked to me about it i bowled really really well in wichita and uh i was getting ready to actually bowl match play the next morning um and dell reached out to me that night and we talked for a little while and and it, it started out that i could still continue to bowl and just kind of help out and uh and it kind of evolved from there pretty quickly because i felt i only bowled a couple of tournaments um, while I was trying to rep and it was really uncomfortable. And, and I just didn't, uh, I didn't feel like I was giving it um, everything I could give on either side. And I didn't want to be, um, I didn't want to be a donator and just be a guy that was out there taking up space. And, uh, and I wanted to, I got really, it felt right to do it. I, I just felt like this is kind of what I was meant to do. And, uh I said, you know what, I'm, I'm just not going to bowl. And, uh, it it was, it was enjoyable. I really had a great time. And then, uh, I bowled a little bit after, uh, EBI bought Columbia track and, uh, I bowled some regionals and bowled really well. And I bowled a couple senior stops, uh, because it was about the time that I was turning 50. Well, I, the uh, senior stops actually was once I started back with Brunswick, once I started with Brunswick, but, but I, uh, I bowled you know, made a couple cuts. I only bowled five or six tournaments in on the senior tour and I made the cuts in most of them and, and, uh, bowled pretty good at a few events and, um, qualified really well in one. And for that wonderful, uh, job qualifying, I think it was second or third in, at the villages one year. And, um, I got my prize uh, in the morning was bowling Walter Ray mm-hmm. and uh, I'm like, Oh, I'm such a, what a prize. Thank you. Thanks for bowling. Good. And, uh, but you know, I, I, just, it just felt right. And I, I don't bowl really at all anymore. Um, I, ha- I haven't thrown a ball for score in a couple of years. So it's, uh, I miss it. Um, but I also, don't have the time to practice. And, and, and I don't want to stink. You know what I mean? I, I I don't want to go and bowl a tournament or go and bowl something and just stink. I I can't, I can't do that. Um, it's not, it's not comfortable. (laughs) So, um, I just, I just don't, I really just don't bowl.
0: I've had people ask me over the years, and I'm from St. Louis, so I'm a Cardinal guy, and uh, when people ask me the question the most, this was my answer, so I'm dating myself a few years. But people used to say, Mike, how, how's your bowling game? And I'm like, what bowling game? I don't have time. I'm constantly working in the industry. And they're like, well, how? aren't you a hypocrite? How can you not be bowling? But, yeah, you're promoting bowling all the time, and you don't do it yourself. That's a hypocrite. And I'm like, okay, let me ask you a question. If Tony La Russa, okay, after he got done managing the Cardinals – right after the game, is he going to go play softball with his buddies? No, he doesn't have time to do that. So that's kind of what it's like for us. It does kind of suck. I will tell you that I've recently uh, reconnected with going bowling with a friend of mine who runs our our shirts here. We've been going bowling and doing some, some glow bowling, like just at the end of the day, eight, nine o'clock at night, uh, all you can bowl. And we've been shutting the place (laughs) down. I mean, really? Yeah. We're the last ones out of there. Cause once I get in there and start, get the competitive juices going, it's fun to get out there and bowl again. So uh, I've been having fun in my own way, but I, there's no way you or I or Matt or anybody that works in the industry that travels so much can commit themselves to any sort of league or anything. So those yeah. who are watching that are league bowlers, we envy you a little bit. Uh, yeah. We we wish we could just go out and bowl like, like we used to, but because we've dedicated ourselves to this, there's not as much time.
2: And, and we also thank you. Uh, all you league bowlers and, and yeah. we, we thank you very much Um, because otherwise we don't we don't get to work in the industry and do what we get to do.
0: Good point. Good point. 37 years you told us that you've been a PBA member. 37 years straight. You still buying the card every year? You still a member? Yep,
2: I still am. I think it's the right thing to do, even though I'm not competitive anymore. Um, I, I think it's the right thing to do to support um, the PBA and uh, I believe in the PBA. I believe in the, I believe in every level of our sport. That's, um, people ask me all the time, well, isn't it weird if you, you know, give pointers to someone that's not very good because you've coached, you know, Walter Ray and Parker Bone and and all those guys. Isn't it weird that you, no, it's not. It's, um, I believe in every single level of our sport. I believe in uh, I believe in glow bowling. I believe in the centers that focus on, um, on on just having recreational bowling. I believe in that. I believe in every aspect of our sport. If people are throwing a ball down the lane, um, I'm, I'm thrilled. And I, I think so supporting the PBA is, I, I think, the least I can do. I support Ipsia. Um, I support all of the entities of our sport as, as much as I possibly can. We're, we're Ipsia members, uh, with my son's pro shops. And so we try and do everything we can to, I I I don't want to be a hypocrite, right? I don't, I, I may not have time to bowl, but I certainly can support our industry and support our sport.
0: Well, that's awesome, man. Um, a lot of good stuff there. Uh, Matt has uh, – this is about the, the time in the program that I like to hand the show off to Matt a little bit and let him uh, control the show for a little while. Um, we discussed some questions for you, and uh, I'm going to turn the show over to Matt now to, to to get down the weeds a little bit with with some uh, put-you-on-the-spot questions here. So, Matt,
2: take it away.
1: Okay. All right, Chucky. You ready to get these creative juices flowing, man? Absolutely. All right, I, cool. so, I, I know, can't do no, what Randy
2: did yesterday. No,
1: we're not going to have you commentate over some <laughs> Astrid races. Um, we're not going to have you do anything ridiculous like that. Um, I just want to, you know, I think it's always fun to think sometimes of some hypothetical questions, to think of, you know, like what if kind of questions. So Mike and I were talking, and, you know, we, we've a lot of things have changed recently. You've got the open championships and the women's championships, uh, things have been postponed or pushed back. Um, we've had youth events that have been canceled. So it's kind of something we've been talking about uh, quite a bit on the show here and just Mike and I in private. Um, and it led, it led us to to think about, you know, Chuck, you don't bowl anymore, but if you bowled the open championships right now, this year, which four bowlers would you want to bowl with? And who would you want to bowl doubles with?
2: Oh, that's easy. Um, I would bowl with the same team that I bowled with when I finished second. Um, we finished second in team a few years ago, and I would bowl with that same team again. It's a, a bunch of cronies from, from South Florida. Um, we I don't think we can bowl together anymore, but I would love to bowl with uh, with Ron Dixon, Tony Yarborough, um, Del Warren, and Joe Furpo.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We we had an absolute hoot, and uh, we did finish second, and uh, we, we were the team that finished second in that controversial year uh, where Brian Smith's team got to bowl um, the day they weren't even scheduled to bowl. They got to bowl unopposed and they got to bowl by themselves. So I mean, yeah, unopposed by themselves. So it was really controversial. I I, I think even a couple of employees got fired over it. Um, But that was, uh, yeah, we finished second that year. It was really cool. Uh, going down to the 10th frame, how well we bowled in the 10th frame to take the lead. Yeah. And uh, Joe Furpo got up and just oh, it was it was magical to watch. Cool.
1: Yeah, so. the Open Championships is an, an experience that I think everybody should have if you're a bowler, regardless of your average, and you know, regardless of whether you're a 140 150 average bowler or you're good enough to go out and bowl collegiately or on um, some amateur stuff or some professional stuff i think it's an an incredible experience for anybody to, go out and to have and you know i uh, i bowled bowled with ron dixon actually a couple of times and uh what a great guy oh yeah and also um you know also got to have a all a near eagle experience with john Gaines. we bowled doubled together one year and um you know, we, were, we had a really good shot with a couple frames left. And unfortunately, I think we finished like eighth or something. Um, but like you said, coming down to the wire and having to go up there and to make shots. And, you know, it's not like winning a tour title where maybe you'll win $30,000, $50,000, $100,000. It's really about the prestige of going there and winning an eagle. So I think that what you said totally resonates with me. Um, and that sounds like a killer team. That sounds like a killer team. We definitely wouldn't be able to bowl together anymore. But that no. would be a, a, a fun time.
2: It was, it was a blast. We, we bowled together for many years, actually, and uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. we really enjoyed bowling together.
1: That's, that's great. So well, let's shift gears here a little bit. Uh, we're, you know, we talked a lot about Bowl for Life, which I think is, is an incredible organization and an incredible thing that you do for the sport of bowling. Um, to, in, in regards to youth bowling, there are a lot, you know, there are more college programs now than there have ever been, right? There's, college bowling has grown significantly over the course of the last decade if you had to give some suggestions out there of some colleges, you know, there, there are a lot of incredible colleges. What are the, what are the few or the, the really elite ones that come to your mind when you first think about college bowling that you would suggest to, to youth bowlers?
2: Well, if, if you, if you think, you know, a few years ago or you think today it's a different group, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, a, a few, few years ago, Saginaw Valley was like one of the places to go. Um, obviously. Uh, Wichita, with Wichita, is probably the greatest program ever, um, and and Nebraska, Nebraska, you know, had a great program for many many years. But now, uh, when you when you look at today, you look at you know the McKendry Bearcats. I mean, you, you they are unbelievable. Um, they've got great coaching. They've got great um, leadership. Um, I would say. Obviously Weber has done unbelievable things. Bob learn is de- uh, is developing a great program down there in Tennessee yep. and uh, so I, I think there's a lot of great programs out there and I, I think if I was giving a young person advice um, you know I, I would I would try and seek out a program where they feel like they could make a difference to the program.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I think, uh, I, I, I think I think I think it's just the whole college bowling experience is just so cool um, if I was 10 15 years younger um, that's what I'd be doing may, maybe 20 years younger um, <laughs> I, that's what I'd be doing I would be coaching a college team there's no ifFC I, I think it is. It's it's yeah. Lindenwood. Someone just put up Lindenwood as well. Absolutely. Lindenwood was uh, Yeah, there's,
1: just so ma- there's so many great colleges. And, and like you were saying, you know, just you got to figure out where you'd make a difference, where you would have an impact. What would suit you? Well, you know, like what would fit your desires? Are you looking to bowl? Are you looking to be a part of a big program where you can get better and improve and get really good coaching? Are you looking to go to a school mainly for academics that has a certain major, but you still want to bowl inside? So like you're saying, you really, you just have to find what matches up well for you and talk to different coaches, do your research and figure out kind of where you stand. I
2: I had a decent experience. I thought a great experience actually with Pikeville for a few years. Um, uh, when Ron damron I, I don't know if Ron's still the coach there or not. I don't think he is, but Ron, think. Ron Damron was the coach there. And, and I would go at the beginning of the season and spend uh, actually two days there and, and help them out. It was fun. I had a great time. I, I met a lot of great people there and uh, got to spend some time with uh, some of the, some of the players and the coaches there. And that was a, a really rewarding experience too. And obviously I've got to do a few things around the Weber team with, uh, with Dell kind of being in my, uh, my best friend since we were little kids. So uh, uh, don't hold that against me, anybody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny. That was a great guy. And, um, you know, it's it's interesting to think you've been around almost every part of the industry, really. You know, you've been, you've been involved on the corporate side of things. You've been out on tour as a bowler, as a rep. And I'm sure, and I know for a fact that you've seen a lot of things. What are some of the crazier things that you've seen in the bowling, um, in the bowling world, probably we'll go with like, you know, craziest moments that you've seen out on the lanes, like somebody doing something extraordinary, either striking to win or missing a spare, something that pops out at you.
2: Well, I I would say the, one of the biggest moments um, that I think was uh, pretty unbelievable was when Mika missed a 10 pin in Jersey. Um, That was like, Mind-boggling to me, um, as great a spare shooter as Mika uh, is and always has been, that was kind of an amazing experience. To like, wow, I can't believe that happened. But things being a part of, I would think Johnny Petraglia winning in the in the sixth decade uh, was pretty amazing. Um, getting to hang out with Chris Barnes when he won his first major. Uh, the U.S. Open in New Jersey. Um, I had had just become the rep, actually, for Columbia a few months before that. That was pretty cool. Um, Obviously, Ryan Simonelli's U.S. Open was a a huge deal. And uh, I I would say um, Dasha winning the Queens and then shooting 300 on TV I, it's. I've been a part of some neat things and, and just to have the experience of being part of some of those things are just, uh, uh, Jonathan Van Heese winning his title.
1: That was a great win.
2: What a great win. Uh,
1: good guy. Matt Ogle winning his first title. Matt oh, Ogle winning the doubles. Um,
2: a Good story. Yeah. I've had, I've, I've just been so, so, so lucky. Um, just so lucky, and uh, just being a part of being a part of so many great people, and being um, just a, a small piece of their experiences—it's been—it's been, it's been uh, quite rewarding.
1: That's great. Now let's. Uh, speaking of seeing things, let's bring the other guy who's seen quite a bit uh, in the industry back on, um, Mr. Mike Flanagan, my co-host here. What? Uh, what do you? What do you have to say? To to what Chuck just touched on, so many great points about college bowling, about professional bowling, the Open Championships. Talking about a lot here, Mike. I I know you always have something to say. Always yeah, have I mean, something Chuck, to say. Chuck's
0: answer about the collegiate programs, um, you put him on the spot there, which I liked because there's so many great programs, and he's touched so many of them, and his list is so long. How do I name them all? So it's always right. a difficult predicament. But his answer was spot on regarding. Uh, what can you do for the program and how do you fit within the program? So I thought that was awesome. And I I was just upset that you didn't ask Dasha uh, a question, Matt. That that was really your big rookie mistake here. As I, <laughs> yeah, program. I, mean, I mean, she's right there. I mean, right, how,
2: right, how, right there. How could yeah. you miss that?
1: You okay. know, um, I know she's she's kind of a woman of few words, and I, I didn't want to kind of like fluster her with a question. She's coming on with a guest just to like spectate, see what we're about. And I was hoping that we could maybe get Dasha as a guest one day. And if I felt like if I asked her a question and put her on the spot, she'd be like, who is this clown? Ask me a question. I'm a major champion. <laughs> not right, that's true. I don't know why that's Why am I here, you know? So yeah. so I was pl- I was playing the long haul, Mikey. She is,
2: she is promoting her college college program though, right here. Yeah, she's with got her,
1: black and yellow.
2: Yeah, with her black and yellow. We have a
0: very interactive program. We do like to get to questions. We've seen a bunch of them coming in. Uh, one of the uh, greatest of all times in Brunswick history. Rick Barbera has been watching the show each day. We all love and know Rick. Absolutely, We had a long discussion last week with Wodka regarding uh, being on pro staff. How, how do you approach requests for non-staff bowlers looking for help? And then Rick, Rick, Rick often <laughs> serves you one up here. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen you turn someone down.
1: <laughs> no, no, I haven't. <laughs> I, uh, you know that inbox is going to be full of emails and messages after this <laughs> show is over. Yeah. Well, I, I
2: will. I will tell you that my my whole belief though about um, helping players is, and I'll tell you how it started, um, real quickly. Um, I used to read a lot of stuff on social media about all the players complaining that, um, all the great players get all the help and, and, uh, you know, they, they, they get unlimited balls and they get all this help and they get this and they get that and they get this. And, and there's no chance for us that aren't great players to get help. So I commented one time and I said, I'll tell you what, if you're at a PBA event and you need some help, you need some advice, you need to talk, I'm there. Whatever you need, whatever you want. I don't, I don't, I don't want you to have that as an excuse. So there's a reason that, you know, all these guys get all the things they get, right? Because they've earned it. They've, they've worked hard. And, and again, I'm not criticizing anybody that's not on staff with the company. Um, I've never I've never told anybody no I, I won't help you. That's never happened and uh, and, and it won't. Um, I have told some people they can't get a ball <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and, and that hasn't gone over really well a few times but at the end of the day I believe and I believe in, I believe in uh, if you can give someone some guidance and give someone some help um, that it's if you're lucky enough to be in the position I'm in, um that it's kind of your you should help that's that's how i feel about it
0: okay well from rick barbera we also had a lengthy question slash uh, i mean it covers the whole screen here bob says hey chuck being the guy that supports all levels of bowling please help promote the bowlers who participate in each of their olympic style state games through the national congress of state games and the state games of America that holds yearly and biannual tournaments each year. He bowls in Wisconsin. Uh, he's got eight gold medals, seven silver medals. Wow. Accomplished bowler here through the state Olympic games, all with Brunswick equipment. Thanks again for all you do, Chuck.
2: Bob, that is awesome. Congratulations, man. And please reach out to me, whatever I can do to help. I'll, I'll be more than happy to help. Um, you're I go
1: on stop. I mean, just stop up on the truck. Chuckle. Uh, you know, get you a couple cases.
2: Yeah. You, heck <laughs> yeah, um, Bob. Yeah, please do, man. I, I would. Uh, I would absolutely love to help in any way I can. I, I believe in helping our sport, whatever it is. Um, I've actually had a decent <laughs> amount of involvement in uh, actually in the Special Olympics for for several years, and I, I absolutely mm-hmm. enjoy that. I really enjoy that. It's fun.
0: Chuck, uh, this is a perfect transition because this is what I was just about to say, Matt, for great job producing here. Um, I mentioned on the very first program that we did during beta testing week that Matt was going to talk about bowling and I was going to talk about everything but bowling. And I say that in jest and as a joke. However, um, I know that you and I both share a passion and you have a passion. I mean, you've got a lot more experience in this than I do. I'm a novice over here. I'm just a fan. But my brother used to race street stocks back when when I was a young and and I know you've got a pro, a, a bit of a, a racing background, a prolific racing background is what I like to call. Um, so I want to talk to you about racing for a little bit. Um, you raced uh, dirt and some asphalt back in the day. Yes, and, sir. And you, you did that, as you told me before the show, you were you were doing that in, in the Carolinas and in Virginia. Yes, sir. Uh, Tell, tell everybody a little bit about your racing background and, and your passion for racing.
2: Well, I, I, I was a race fan. I was a huge race fan and I got very fortunate to uh, buy a bowling center um, through a, a really wonderful opportunity for me in a small town called Franklin, Virginia, um, back in the uh, late eighties, uh, early nineties. And we, um, they had a local race track starting to open there. It was a dirt track and, uh, my head mechanic and, and myself decided we were going to get involved in doing some fun racing. And, uh, we, we just went out and had a kind of a beater car and, uh, we really enjoyed it and the beater car didn't last very long. I'm so competitive, um, that I wanted to go out and try and win races. And uh, so we built a car and uh, we, we moved into a, it's called a limited sportsman class. So we went right from Enduros to a limited sportsman class, which is uh, second from the top of the, of the classes uh, on dirt. And uh, it was a lot of fun. We had a great time. Uh, we, we won a few races and we, we uh, co-branded with the racetrack. So people that, when they finished racing that night, could come to, our, uh, to the bowling center and bowl. Or I also had a sports bar in the same uh, shopping center, about you know, 10 or 12 doors down. We had a sports bar and we had live entertainment on Friday and Saturday nights. So they could come with their racetrack band and they could get in for free and they could come and bowl a game for free. So we co-branded with the, with the Speedway. And, uh, so we, we had a great relationship with them and, and after a few years, uh, we won some races and I now, decided. When
0: you, when you say you won some races, who drove the car? I did. You did. Absolutely. The car.
2: I, yes, sir. So I drove you, the car.
0: We won some races. Your team won, but you drove the vehicle.
2: Yes, sir. Absolutely. I love, I love racing. I, when, I, when yes, sir. you got your first checkered flag.
0: Mm-hmm. And you got to take a victory lap. Yeah. What
2: was what was that like? It was an absolute ball. Um. <laughs> I wonder if I could. I wonder if I could take this thing over here real quick. Um. Do, do, am I still? Am I still tuned in? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, he kind of was.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I, I, got
0: <laughs> I got him fired. Up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> i uh, i exited the stream because i know nothing about racing Racing I know. No style. i was gonna let you guys have at it and uh
0: he'll be back he'll he'll hook he'll this he'll hook back. This but, back up
1: wow man what a what a cool feeling that must be i mean it's fun to win at anything and to win at racing that's crazy
0: dude i i play video games online and and i play gran turismo sport I'm actually playing with Brad Miller these days. That's the name drop there. And some buddies of mine and my brother, Yeah,
1: there's been a lot of name dropping today.
0: Yeah. But, uh, but whenever I win at Gran Turismo, it's a, it's a huge feeling for me. So I can't imagine what it would be like to actually, you know, he's running this bowling center, uh, owns this bowling center in a sports bar. They decide he and his mechanic are just going to start running races. And then he's going to drive the car. And then he goes out and wins a few races. That's like incredible.
1: Yeah. Chuck-a-preneur. Yeah. he's like a racer, bowler, bowling alley owner, sports bar. He's doing it all, man. And that's that's cool. That's cool to see. And I think, you know, while we wait for Chuck to get back here and to, 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 to hook everything back up, <laughs> to hook it all back up, um, I think it's important to note to, to note. I can't stop laughing because this is just hilarious. Uh, I think it's important to note, Mike, and to go back to something that we were talking about earlier. And, you know, it's the fact that when everybody works together here, right? You know, there's always a lot of competition. There's competition between different companies, competition between different live streams, competition between different bowlers, right? It's all very competitive. And we all understand that. Yet when everybody works together and we grow the pie as an industry, you know, we grow the pie collectively, there's more for everybody else to then go and grab and i think that you know stuff like bowl for life with chuck is the perfect example of that right is when we have support from or when bowl for life has the support from jersey companies and has the support from bowling ball manufacturers and has the support support of all these different organizations within the sport of bowling there's all of a sudden so much more money for kids to then go and to receive in the form of a scholarship and you know when people Again, they collaborate, they have different people from different organizations on a live stream, it leads to more knowledge being put out there for all of these different bowlers. So I think it's just important to note that, you know, while it isn't, while it is competitive and while, you know, everybody's trying to win, do their best, it's also still important to not forget that we have to work together to grow everything together.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that if, if more people are, are doing that, more people get turned on the bowling instead of turned off the bowling. I yep. mean, it's really kind of how it works. I think. Yep. This is great. This, this is, is great.
1: This, is, this,
0: So what I'm wondering yeah. is, do you think Chuck, since he disconnected, do you think that he went and grabbed uh, all of the things that he wanted to show and he's got them all piled around Dasha? I, I, hope that
1: when we, I hope that when we bring him back on here, when he comes back on here, that he's just like swarmed. You know, we show, showed that video yesterday of the dog and the thing of tennis balls and Randy was commentating. I hope that's kind of just like Chuck with all of his trophies. That would be great all of his sports memorabilia that he has there this is a great uh,
0: opportunity to tell people too that if you haven't seen any of our first six episodes they're all archived on our youtube channel and they're also available on our facebook page and we're considering also just uh turn them into audio files and, and uploading them as as a podcast form but we just we haven't got there yet there's a lot of visuals we have on the screen that are that are pretty important to uh to this so uh, that people may get lost with if it was just an audio form. We can also tease who we're going to be having uh, for the rest of the week on our show at this point as we hope Chuck is trying to come back and we'll we'll finish the rest of the show with him. We'll give him the rest of the show when he does come back. Uh, tomorrow we're going to have uh, the commissioner of the Professional Bowlers Association, who used to come on my Inside Bowling show all the time back when I started it 10 years ago with Doug Lakey. I was actually maybe going to even reach out to Doug and see if he wanted to join us tomorrow for old time's sakes, but Tom Clark is going to join us tomorrow so that's going to be a, a fun show with Tom. Uh, you want to talk about a, a memory like an elephant. He knows everything. <laughs> about PBA history. So we're going to really dive into some PBA stuff and check in on his ping pong playing with he and his son, Rory, that they've been doing uh, live streaming. And uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about uh, just uh, everything, uh, like all the best moments of PBA history that he's that he's uh, seen. And, and uh, he remembers everybody's birthdays, all those sorts of things. So that's going to be a real treat. And then coming up on Thursday, we're going to have uh, Beef and Barnsy. And they'll be, they'll be our, our, our first two-time guests, two people at one time. So that'll be interesting to see how we navigate that one. And I'm sure that they're going to continue to rip on me over this uh, mock draft that we did last Friday because they totally disagree with my strategy. So that'll be fun to talk We're about. We're going to
1: pull that up again on Thursday and talk about it. For anybody that didn't tune in yesterday, uh, Mike um, Mike had a strategy in the PBA mock draft last week on the Beef and Barnsey show uh, where – he uh, was able to draft a, a team from scratch and he drafted all five lefties which was again like mike said was uh, was not agreed with was made fun of and mike the good thing about them coming on our show is we have the ability to pull them off the stream like like boom i just t- i just took mike off the stream he's gone so if if anybody has anything to say about your strategy mike we can we can just pull him off
0: yeah, we could try to figure that out. Yeah, I'll let you do that, crack producer guy. <laughs> and then, and then on on Friday, um, we have our first female guest, and we wanted to pull somebody out that uh, that is unique. Uh, and we we got Carolyn Dorn Ballard for Friday. Oh, we yeah. wanted to pull somebody who's one of the greatest of all times. Uh, she had a period of time on the Professional Women's Bowlers Association where she was uh, dominant for a period of a couple of years and we'll have those yeah. stats and dig into that she's also super involved in the industry now with uh with turbo and also as uh, a roto grip staffer and is is heavily involved with a lot of different things including Ballage versus the big c so it'll be great to have her on as as well on friday Yeah, I, I just sent chuck a note his whole internet might be down just in general i don't know
1: yeah, maybe he was hardwired in and he disconnected the Ethernet cable. And you know, I, Let me see know. if I can go over here. He <laughs> <laughs> should have been like, no, don't go. Don't leave, go. It, leave, leave it to me
0: to, you know. <laughs> here's where the interview's going after this, right? Just to give everybody a precursor so you can get your questions ready. Um, you know, the PWBA for the last couple of years has had their final event at Richmond Raceway, right? So yeah. I really wanted to see what that's like for Chuck. You know, does he get the itch when he goes back there?
1: Yeah, I think it's, um, I think he's got to get that itch, you know, like, I don't know, racing has never been big for me in my life, because I think just where I'm from, but man, it's uh, it seems cool. When you get into it and you start learning more about it, um, it gets really cool. So I'm sure that's probably, you know, all the events that have been held um, at the Richmond Raceway over the course of the past couple of years with the ladies tour, it's probably been a really cool experience, you know, probably lights that fire up back inside of him and, uh, you know, kind of gets him that, the racing bug again.
0: Matt, you just recently had a birthday here. Um, what's are you a- just
1: seeing me happy birthday here to make the time? No,
0: no, I don't think I'm going to do that. But I do want to. I do want to know. Um, what did what? How did you spend your birthday? Like, what's birthday like? In know,
1: quarantine? It, yeah, it was birth first. Hopefully, my first and last birthday in quarantine. Um, it was a little. It was different. It was weird. You know, Um not really able to go anywhere. Not being able to hang out with anybody. Not being able to see certain people. It's. It was. It was weird. You know, it was weird, but. I did get some really cool gifts. Um, I got this. Uh, I got this. My girlfriend got me this really cool. I don't know if you can see It's It's kind of blowing some steam. Oh, we
0: see it. We yeah, see it there. So
1: it uh, uh, smells so good, dude. It smells like lemon. I've got I've got the lemon scent in there right now.
0: You had eucalyptus in the other day, don't you? I
1: did. Yep. I had eucalyptus in the other day. Um, I've got this big old set of uh, my, uh, my, my oils here. Um, I've got some, some different oils. Um, and then I also got a really great, uh, laptop bag. I got a bunch of edible arrangements, fruit. So, uh,
0: edible arrangements. Nice.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I and don't you know. What melon? do.
0: Like melons or.
1: Uh, strawberries, pineapples. Mango. Um, I, got, like mango? Yeah, I got some, uh, no, no mango. It was just, just strictly strawberries and pineapples. That's kind of where I rock. That's really my sweet spot when it comes to chocolate covered fruit. So, um, thank you to everybody saying happy belated birthday, Mike, this is a big time question coming in here. <laughs> Big time question for the people that don't really know, Mike. Um, are you ever going to talk about your sports card collection? Maybe we should have an episode dedicated just solely to all of the things that you own, like the Funko dolls that are hanging up behind you, all those little squares back there. So those are things called Funko dolls.
0: Yeah. So I don't have I don't have children of my own. Right. And um, I'm just I'm just a big kid at heart. And and things that make put me in a happy spot or when I think about when I was a child, because life was much simpler then, right? So if you look, if you look over my shoulder over here, there's some mask toys, which was made by Kenner back in the eighties. And that was my favorite cartoon. So I've recently picked up some mask toys on eBay, um, new in the box, not new in the box, used in the box. And I have some of those back there. And every time I look at them, it reminds me of when life was simpler, when I was a kid and some of those moments And I've been trying to retrace my entire history of my life in a Google calendar of like where I was for different birthdays, what I did, how we celebrated, big events, Christmases, uh, what type type of toys I received when I was confirmed, when I was baptized, all these sorts of things. I'm trying to put together a timeline because I lost my mother last year. And uh, my father has, uh, I believe he had coronavirus in January. They said it was double pneumonia, uh, but this coronavirus wasn't really too big of a thing at the time. He almost died in the hospital. So I'm trying to retrace my steps in my childhood and a lot of things that help me do that and get my brain firing is going back and, and being a kid at heart. So behind me, I have a bunch of Funkos just because that's kind of like the thing to collect over the last few years. And I've got like all four Wayne Gretzky's cause he's like, he was a blue for like a half a season. Yeah. I'm a big blues fan. You know, I've got a bunch of the mascots from baseball. I'm just a huge sports fan. I've got some bowling pins signed back there uh i've got you know some days of thunder toys because days of thunder is my favorite movie of all time and part of the reason is i was a big tom cruise fan i'm a big racing fan hence why i was asking chuck about those questions today (laughs) and it was also the year that my parents got divorced and i remember when my parents were fighting my brother took me to go see that movie twice um it's the only movie i've ever seen in the movie theater twice which is ironic as well so there's a lot of sentimental value in that so all those things are parked out behind me back there i've also got like four really really rare bowling balls. As a matter of fact, one of them, Dan Sheppy, it's his, I have it on loan. Uh, and he was watching the show today. It's a 16 pound critical mass code red pearl that never came out to the public. Uh, and he wow. had he was on the PWBA truck and, and he snagged it. Cause I guess they couldn't use them or whatever. And he had me, he brought it to the IB open the first year as he helped commentate and gave it to me and said, Hey, hold on to this for me. So I have it. It's right back here on my shelf. Wow. I'll, I'll bring it on the broadcast on another day. That's cool. And then, and then also, I've got sports cards back here, because a buddy of mine, Steve Orff, you may know the great Ray Orff and his son yep. Rich and Steve Orff and Andrew Orff as well, uh, the Orff family. Andrew Orff, uh, honorable mention. McKendree. Oh my God! Yeah. Breaking news. Oh wow!
2: It's mine.
0: It's, it's yours. Mine. It's I gotta yours.
1: Get it.
0: I got to get it. Chuck's back too. Chuck, Chuck's back. He's on a different Chuck. device.
2: Oh, sorry, guys.
0: No. no, here's the so thing. Sure I think it's okay. Here's what we love about this, right? You took a risk today. We we can't ever move forward without taking risks. You tried oh. to show us all these things, and now you're mobile. So what yes. do you, what do you got for us? Oh my!
1: Nice. Is that my, your
2: first win? My first ever win. Is that a Mountain Dew car? The Mountain Dew car, baby. Wow. wow. So
0: yeah take us around this is like inside bowling cribs right here
2: (laughs) there's uh there's the pit crew there's what the car looked like so the nose tore off of it you were beating that thing up yeah man but here's here's some pictures of our late models
0: wow wow that is cool you you drove that car on asphalt (laughs) i did you drove the number one car right there. Yes, sir. That's Man, it. That, was that like Arca
2: or something? No, no. It was actually late model stock car. Okay. Um, I actually, I was working on a Hooters Pro Cup car at the same time, and it looked exactly like that.
0: Man, that is awesome.
2: Did, yep. you, ever, did you ever win on asphalt? I never won on asphalt. Nope. I never did. That's Unfortunately. Benefit
0: best finish on asphalt do you remember second
2: i second. finished second to, i finished second to dale earnhardt jr in a whoa whoa um, whoa whoa whoa! we got we got
0: a problem here um
1: <laughs> hold, on, hold on i'm coming off because i know nothing about race. wait
0: a minute wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute so you finished second in in an asphalt uh car race to dale earnhardt jr
2: absolutely east carolina motor speedway all right i gotta know more about this <laughs> we we actually rented the track him and I together um to do some testing there. We went we were going to this big race there. Um it was called the East Carolina 300 or something it was a 300 lap race and uh we rented the track together. Um my kids were little. Um well they weren't really that little but uh we uh, it rained almost the whole day. We spent most of the time trying to get the track dry and uh and it was uh that weekend um he sat on the pole and led every lap and um and we finished second
0: how old was dale junior at this time roughly i would say well he asked he asked
2: my daughter out <laughs> um that weekend um i would say i would say he's probably 17 18 I would say he's probably seventeen, eighteen. Then, um, he had a uh, a late model car that was uh, sponsored by Cheerwine, the soda company, and uh, it was uh, it was fun. It was fun. Uh, it was fun racing against him. Uh, we raced against him. I don't, know, I don't know, four or five times. Not not a ton, um, because he he raced mostly at Myrtle Beach Speedway. Um, in his late model days. So, uh, not really sure why he went down there, but he raced a lot of Myr- Myrtle beach speedway.
0: So were you just a racing fan? And that's what you did when you decided to get in the car and just uh, go out and do some racing. Yeah. Yep. Who, who were some of your favorite drivers, uh, or, or people that inspired you to go out and go racing?
2: Well, I mean, there was a lot of late model guys back in the day. Um, Billy blue, Billy Hotshoe blue, um, some older guys that were really, really inspired me to go racing that I wanted to go racing back in the day. Um, but my, my favorite NASCAR guy was, was always Rusty Wallace. Oh. Um, his, his dad, um, knew my dad, my dad was a racer. Um, and, uh, my dad was friends with Richard Petty and, and, uh, you know, a bunch of other racing people and uh, my dad my dad was a drag racer, though. and uh, he he drove this crazy car. It was a it was a top fuel, well, not a- it was a fuel altered, they called him. It was called the Hustling Hillbilly. It was a crazy <laughs> uh, crazy looking car. and um, he actually drove some top fuel funny cars and and uh, stuff like that back when I was a kid.
0: I used to watch that on TNN uh, w- w- America Sports Cavalcade. I believe is what they called it back in the day yeah. on TNN yeah. and, and uh, they had the tractor pulls and they had uh, the top fuel and the funny car. And uh, what was the, what was the pro stock? Um used to watch all that back in the day. Yeah. Bob, what was the guy's name? Bob in the, in the, in the pro stock, um, Bob Glidden, Bob Glidden, right. And then John, John force. Um, yeah. World of outlaws. Uh, was that ever a goal of yours to run world of outlaws? Steve Kinzer, Sammy
2: Swindell, those guys.
0: Never a goal. Uh,
2: but man, those guys um I've had my should I switch back over to my computer since it's back up again? We we like this is great. This is okay, this is great. Um so yeah, um I love world of outlaw racing. I I was a and still am a huge Steve Kenzer fan. I I loved it when he went to try and go cup racing. Um I think uh I loved I love I mean I'm excited that Kyle Larson's going to, you know, start racing some dirt again. Um, I love, I love that Tony Stewart's racing dirt again. Um, so, I mean, I, I love Mav TV and, uh, I'm, I'm not as, like I said, as bad as I used to be. I used to, everything was racing. Um, but you know, I live in race car. I live in NASCAR heaven here in Charlotte and, and, uh, Pretty friendly with a lot of the guys. My daughter actually dated Elliot Sadler for a little while. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I, I see Jack Dodson just primed on Jack. Jack Dodson is the one that hosts that inside is inside racing. What's Jack's show called? Jack Dodson's. Anyway, he's the guy that had me on the race show um, last week. Uh, he just commented, I can't read it because I'm on a little bitty old dirt
0: legend. Is what
2: he said a dirt legend. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. But I, I did love racing. And uh I really love dirt racing. I I I really think that uh if if I'd have stayed dirt racing, um I probably would have done some more fun uh, more fun you know super late model racing, r- Maybe race with Bloomquist and all those guys. Um, but for some reason I just I just, I don't know, the asphalt kind of intrigued me. And I just, uh, I wouldn't chase that.
0: It. You went for it, just like you went for it today on our broadcast. Yes. Like, man. I got cable and just going for it. <laughs> you know, Dale Earnhardt Sr., I believe there's a quote, and you could tell me on this one, but if the radiator would fit between two cars, he was going.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Today, the absolutely. radiator fit between two cars and you went. I did. One. One final racing question because this is a bowling program and sometimes me going off on tangents people don't necessarily like but this is my favorite part of the program is having these public conversations with people and Chuck I can't believe we haven't talked about this in the past just being at events together but now we have stuff to talk about. Um you mentioned you mentioned Rusty Wallace and and he's from Missouri and Yes he is. and Rusty Wallace Kenny Wallace Mike Wallace the whole Wallace family my brother idolized them. My brother and I were who watched NASCAR together. Rusty Wallace in the 27 Kodiak winning the championship, I believe, in 1989. Barry Dotson was his crew chief. the blue sure Car. Um, you know, I mean, that's when I was watching NASCAR a lot with my brother. It brings back a lot of memories. I was talking about that earlier when you were away about memories from my childhood. And, and I don't really like what NASCAR has become with restrictor plate racing and the car of tomorrows and all that. We can get off on that on another day. But, my question for you is with this passion for racing and this passion for bowling, if you had to do it all over again, you would have been able to, to have a career in racing or a career in bowling. Uh, what would your life look like different? And, and do you have any regrets?
2: Um, tough question. For it's you. a very tough question. I, I, I think um, my, I, I love bowling. And uh, I, I think if I really pursued was able to pursue racing earlier um you know i won the nascar late model stock car rookie of the year at east carolina motor speedway in 1993 and i was how old was i in 93 i was born in 59 so i was 30 whatever four years old Um, and 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 the guy that i beat out um rusty daniel was like 17 years old um so there really wasn't a place when i started that late for me to ever go and make anything of it um but i do i i still love racing i want to show you a couple quick things just real quick um that are that are on my wall here do you you remember the most famous car that rusty wallace ever drove Do you remember the name of the car oh yes oh my it
0: was named after a woman right? Wasn't wasn't it? No. No, it was named Midnight. Midnight. Okay. Midnight. A, a stripper name. That's what I meant. Yeah. Okay, I'm trying Here you
2: up. go. Here's here's midnight.
0: Oh. Wow. Kinski, that is awesome. The Miller Genuine Draft number two car.
2: You see, you see this little jewel oh, right that here? That is a jewel. Wow. So so this is not this is not one of those plastic replica cars this is not one of those this is fiberglass this is actually one of the molds that they poured the plastic cars in there's only five of these there's only five of these and i have one of them
0: that is awesome man i'm yep. cooling over here yep.
2: and there's rusty and davy
0: oh davy man davy and allen losing them in the
2: same year yeah man oh. and there's there's rusty going ARCA racing.
0: Oh, man.
2: The number 88 Gatorade car.
0: <laughs> man, I'm sorry we're having this public conversation for everybody. Hopefully you're getting something out of this, but I am just absolutely just, I am fanboying right here. Holy cow. You,
2: you see this? You see this Rusty Wallace hauler at Sports Emporium? Can you see that? Yeah, I see it. Sports Emporium was my, was my sports bar in Virginia. So... We actually had uh, we had car shows there and, and had some fun there, and uh, people ask me all the time about what my my favorite my favorite trophy I've ever won in my whole life, and uh, I'm going to show it to you. Okay, this is my favorite trophy in my whole life that I've ever won. I don't know if you can read it or not. Looks like a dirt track trophy. It is a dirt track trophy for the most popular driver. You and Dale
0: Earnhardt Jr. have that in common. And
2: most popular driver, first place at, uh, at, uh, Southampton Motor Speedway. So that was, uh, yeah. So that that's my favorite trophy ever, um, Got a bunch of trophies from winning bowling tournaments and stuff, but uh, that's my favorite trophy ever. Um, because it, it's more about you, I don't know, you did something good for people or did yep. something to, to earn that. So, and you won that in 19 what? Oh, there's no year on it. No. Um, just ballpark, I would say it was 19, uh, probably 90. Okay.
0: So Probably 30, 1990. thirty years later, you're still doing good. You're still doing <laughs> things in bowling. You, you don't look you don't look sixty, Chuck. You just you're sixty one. You don't you don't look sixty one at all. Um as you outed your age earlier on the show. I did. I did. Uh, Matt, come on back. Uh, we're gonna wrap up this show. Um I wanna personally thank uh, Chuck for doing that for us, for me for taking me through that racing side of things. You know, we could sit here and talk to you about Chuck on the truck and who's your favorite person to drill balls for and all those sorts of things, but you can get that on any bowling show here. I knew you had a racing past. I didn't know how deep it was,
2: but that was great. Thank you for that. My pleasure. I love, I love talking about racing too. I mean, I love, I'm just so lucky. So.
1: Great. Well, thank you so much, Chuck. We really appreciate having you on today. You joining us giving us a little bit more of uh, information about you that probably a lot of people don't know. I know I didn't know a lot of this stuff about you, so it's cool. I want to thank you uh, for coming on and taking the time to chat with us and uh, hopefully again in the future when we're a little bit more uh, high value stream here, we'll, uh, we'll be able to have you on again and uh, maybe we'll get you in a go-kart or something and we'll get you racing on. The track. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd be great.
2: That'd be fun. All right, guys. Listen, thanks so much for having me. And, and I truly appreciate everything you guys do for the sport. And uh, and, and you guys do a wonderful job um, promoting the brands that you promote and and your stuff you do for Bowler X. It's, just, it's really kind of neat to watch and and so professional. And I, I just love how you guys do it. So thank you guys so much.
0: Thank you, Chuck. Thank we appreciate you, Chuck. you coming on. We'll have you on again. Maybe we'll start insideracing.com and we can <laughs> – with all that you got it use your connections to book all the great guests so absolutely have a great one all right thank, thank you chuck, chuck. All right. wow so thanks matt for that i know I, I, see, that. I see him
1: sweating over there man you were just like you're ready to jump through the screen and start like looking at his uh his collection there of, of racing memorabilia and it that's quite a man cave that he's got going right
0: there. Yeah, it, and I knew he had a dual passion, right? And I'm not right. trying—I wasn't trying to put him on the spot to say screw bowling. I would have rather done racing. Like that's yeah. not what I was trying to do there. But it is difficult for people when they have to make choices in life. Just like a college student has to determine what their major is going to be. Do I take this yeah. job? Do I take this job? Do I quit my job, go out on my own? I've been faced with that before. Just different things like that. And it's interesting to see what paths people take, and then ask them to actually truly think about what if they would have went the other way. Yeah, or if they would have found something sooner. And that's what I wanted to do with Chuck there. Plus, I, I knew there'd be some decent stories out of there. And if you are a racing fan at all, um, it's it's not easy to just all of a sudden build a car and go out and win on dirt. It's just not yeah. easy to do. But he was able to do it. So he had some talent there. Right. Yeah,
1: and question. that's
0: something we see with a lot of bowlers is is they're talented in other ways. You look at like Ronnie Russell or EJ Tackett, for instance, great golfers. Right. I'm Ray
1: Ray Rambo Ray. Incredible gamer. You know, right. So many people have all these different talents.
0: And as you said on a Junior Gold vlog a couple of years ago, I'm good at a bunch of things that <laughs> don't matter.
1: And speaking of racing, uh, maybe next, tomorrow I'll pull up the clip of me beating you in that go kart race uh, from Junior Gold this past summer, just so I can make it clear that I am the best racer.
0: And we, didn't, and we didn't get to the baseball card question. I was getting there, but uh, I was taking you on a long journey. We'll get there on another day when a guest disconnects. So yes. hopefully <laughs> everybody enjoyed today's show. Matt, I'm glad you got your internet problems fixed. Looks like everything ran beautifully today. Yes. And yeah, uh, our show man. went long today because of the disconnection and my racing fanboy. So hopefully you enjoyed the extended version of the show. Uh, we will be back uh tomorrow as we're doing this monday through friday every day it's not getting old at all and i love being here with you matt
1: yeah i love being here with you too mike it's gonna be a lot of fun got another great show planned for tomorrow and thursday and friday and uh hopefully forever to come so we got two guests
0: already booked for the following week too so we're gonna keep this train rolling
1: let's just keep it rolling man keep it rolling all right buddy
0: all right for matt I'm Mike. Thanks for watching the Inside Bowling Show. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Go support Bowl for Life. Go check out bowlforlife.com. Make a donation if you can. If not, share everything they're doing so other people can. Have a good day, everybody. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to today's show. What an awesome one it was sitting there with Chuck Gardner talking about bowling. You can really see the passion that he has, his bowl for life, as well as his racing career. I think you could tell during this program I got really excited, and Matt kind of took a back seat when we started reminiscing about NASCAR and Chuck's career as a dirt track driver and even on asphalt. So hopefully you enjoyed getting to see behind the scenes with Chuck Gardner, and maybe you learned a little something about Chuck that maybe you didn't know before. On a serious note, I've observed Chuck work in the bowling industry for many years. I really haven't had much of an opportunity to get super close to Chuck, but yeah, I don't think you could really tell that on today's program. I think the relationship between Chuck and I is where we respect each other a great deal, and we've observed what each other have done in the industry. I'm proud to have Inside Bowling as a Silver Level sponsor of the Bull for Life Foundation, I encourage you to go check out their website and see if you can make a donation each year as well. I think that would be an awesome thing to do for Chuck. It's kind of crazy to think that this is already our seventh episode, but we would just keep having great guest after great guest. We really appreciate you listening over here on the podcast forum, wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget, if you get a chance, please leave us a review. We certainly do appreciate it. As always, everybody, hope you have a great day. Stay safe and stay healthy.